blessed life. We truly believe that a life in Christ and a life following Jesus is a life that is blessed. Now, we live in a culture, though, that many want the blessing, but few want the responsibility. To live a blessed life, there's a responsibility that comes with that. We serve a God that loves us. We serve a God that is working on our behalf. We serve the prodigal God. If you want to look at a prodigal God, as Tim Keller says it, uh, we, we know the story of the prodigal son a lavishly spending, but we serve a God that is a prodigal God that lavishly gives his love towards us. That is the God in which we serve that loves his people. But there is responsibility that comes with following Jesus and a living life that honor, honors God. So if you want to take notes, you can write this across the top of your paper. What's in your hand? Big old question mark. What is in your hand? What's in your hand to manage? What's in your hand to be responsible with? What has God placed in your hand? God has placed time in your hand. God has placed talent inside of your hand. And God has placed treasure inside of your hand. And with each one of these areas of our lives, there's a responsibility we have to steward that well in a way that honors him that, man, his blessing can flow inside of our lives. How many of you guys have ever been in a place where you lived in less than others and you looked at everybody else like, I cannot believe you. God, I don't know why you ain't blessing me. I don't understand why I have to live in lack and everybody else is living blessed. You've been there. Now, Heather and I, she said when we, when we met in seventh grade, she, she had the spirit of God honor that drew me to her. And then in eighth grade, she had the full anointing on God that uh, uh, completed it. And in eighth grade, she said, I want to be a doctor. And you, you, I'll tell you, your mama didn't raise no fool. I said, yes, ma'am. I'll sign on anywhere you want. You can be a doctor, praise God. And uh, we, we've been together ever since on that journey. Now, here's the deal. Everybody wants the, the provision that a salary of a doctor provides, but, but nobody thinks about the journey on getting there. Heather and I lived in lack. For a long period of time, a whole lot of time. Like, like uh, we were living lack, lack. Like, I'm talking like paycheck to paycheck. Like, God, we like budgeting, but like, it's money. Like, like we weren't dumb about our money and, and what was happening. We knew we were living in less than because she was going to school. So we had a budget clearly, and we had to pay for certain things. And we owned a, a, a condo, an 860-square-foot condo that we purchased by the grace of God, an amazing um, but we were living in lack. And we would show up to dinners with friends and family. And I remember one time specifically, we, would show, we showed up to this dinner, and it was like for a birthday party. And, and one of my brothers just ordered like a steak and lobster. And I remember looking at him like, mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Like I wanted to lay my hands on him. You know, you ever been there? You're looking what somebody else has, and then you're looking at what you have. And Heather and I, we developed through this season of life where we would share meals, because like it's a $10 plate. I mean, I'm talking about 20-some years ago, okay? Now it's $20 a plate. We developed a rhythm in our lives where we would share meals and we would drink water. That's what we would do. Because we did not have the provision in order to pay for that stuff, but we did not want to live out of, uh, out of our budget. We didn't want to live out of our means and all of a sudden step into a place where we dishonor God. We've always, as a couple, lived where God is honored, no matter what, with our resources. And then we take that and we live in obedience towards him and we are faithful with what he's placed in our hands and are good stewards. And with that, there was times when I would look at people, I'm like, my God, oh God, why do we have to live like this? I don't understand it, right? And you can be frustrated. I remember being a young person when I'm driving my 85 Chevrolet with no AC in Texas in the middle of the summer, 
110 degrees, sweating my backside off with just a little window, a little half window, because my windows didn't roll down. My little half window, I'm just like, please God, you know. And then there's people around me that are driving Mercedes and big old hawked up trucks and everything else in between. And I remember thinking, God, why not my family? Why did you bless us? My dad's a pastor. I can't believe that. <laughs> they were blessing everybody else. I'm like, just buy a boy some shoes or something. Come on now. <laughs> you know? There, there's moments in time where we have our eyes on the wrong things and, and find ourselves in a place where we can get frustrated with what we have. And I'll tell you this. If we're living looking at everybody else's life and their calling, we will find ourselves in a place where we feel like we have lack. And the great enemy that we, we are an, is an adversary of us, he loves to convince people that they don't have what they need to thrive today or for the calling that God has called them to or, or where God is leading them to. He, he loves to get in the trenches to be like, well, you have lack and you don't have enough and you know what, and you don't have what you need for your future and get a group of people in a mindset to think, man, we, we're living in lack and we don't have enough and our God is not good. No, our God is good. He is a good God that blesses his people. It's our responsibility to see with the right perspective. If we look with the wrong perspective, we can start looking at the wrong things rather than focusing on the right things. Number one, if you want to write this down here today, this is what I believe. I believe um, faithfulness honors God. No matter what, faithfulness honors God. When we look from a perspective on, we love God and we obey God and we live in, in, in stewardship of what he's given us, that faithfulness to what he's asked us to, man, it honors God. And when we honor God, we live in blessing. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28 is a great scripture that talks about this, where God is speaking to his people, his chosen people, where he's articulating to them, here's the deal, you got a responsibility. I'm going to read the first part of it, and then I'll paraphrase the, the middle part, and then I'll read verse number 13. Okay, we, we read all of this. We're going to be here for a couple, a couple of minutes. So I'll just paraphrase. But on the first part, verse number one, he says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will uh, set you high above all nations of the world, and you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What is it? The blessing will come if you obey, here's the responsibility part. If you obey, responsibility. God, what you said, I hear it. I understand it. I internalize it. There's conviction in my heart to do it. And with that, I'm just going to live to honor you. This, I'm going to be faithful to it. If you, then I. Then the blessing comes. And we go on to say inside of here, I'll put it in modern day terms. First thing he says is our city and our workplaces will be blessed. Number two, our children and our work will be blessed. Number three, the people that we work with and lead in our career will be blessed. Those around us, the provision God blesses with will be blessed. He goes on to say that number five, wherever we go and in whatever we do, we will be blessed. Number six, God will give his blessing on our protection. Uh, number seven, God will bless you in with provision and will bless your future. Number eight, God will elevate you amongst all your peers and they will honor you. Number nine, God will bless your family and all of your household. Number 10, God will send his blessing on all you do at the right time. Come on about that time and he'll send it at the right time and will bless the work of your hand. The last thing he says in verse number 13 is, if you listen to the, these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never 
at the bottom. What is this saying inside of here? You got to be responsible with what God has placed in your time. Time, talent, and treasure. If you obey God with these things, then his blessing will flow into our lives. But many of us, we, we, many people want God's blessing, but few are willing to make the choices necessary to receive God's blessing, right? Now we get inside here, God is faithful to his people, right? Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Second Timothy, uh, verse number four, or chapter four talks about that. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. He, he cannot deny himself. That is the God in which we serve. You can't get around that, 2 Timothy 2.13. You can't get around that. He is faithful. So I'm not talking about in here that God is shifting up what he does. I'm talking about God is always going to be faithful to us. He's always going to be moving in our direction. He's always going to be protecting and providing and doing for us. But our perspective will not see it. What I'm saying today is if we can live in obedience towards him and position our lives in a place where you're honoring God with uh, all of our time, talent, and treasure, then we're going to see this hand of God's blessing just flowing on our lives. Everywhere we go and whatever we do, what would I say God's blessing is? Some of us get it mixed up. Well, what's God's blessing? You know, he blessed me with a car. He blessed me with a house. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about God giving us stuff. God gives us what he needs. When we honor God with our lives, God blesses us what we, with what we need. Many times we live from a place on what we want. God, we want you to bless us with a Ferrari. And God, we want you to bless us with a new house. And God, we want, we want you to bless us with the CEO's salary, but we don't want that responsibility. Praise God. <laughs> and we sit back as individuals and we sit in a place looking for the things we want to happen when we're overlooking all of God's goodness towards us. What am I talking about? God's provision in our lives on our families. God's provision and his leading in our lives on our health. God's provision and leading on our lives in, in situations should have, that should have took, took us out, but God was in the middle of that and he blessed our life. God's provision for us in the middle of our journey when we something happened to us and we said, I don't know why that happened, but all of a sudden three months later, we see that, man, it was God's hand was all over that. I don't know why I lost the relationship. They were a dirtbag anyways. We just figured out three months later, right? We, we I mean... What is that called? It's a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing in disguise. There's things that we don't understand, but when we're faithfully serving the Lord, all of a sudden, we, we pick our eyes up to a bigger picture of serving God faithfully with what he's placed in our hands, and then we see God's blessing all over our lives, not just in the places that we want, but in every area of our life, wherever we go. We can't have the Western mentality that God's blessing is only on the things that we want. Today, there are people in third world countries that their prayers are, God, can you provide my basic need here today of food? And here in the Western world, we're praying for excess. And God's, God's goodness or faithfulness is all determined on whether or not he gives us what we want when he's already supplied all that we need. Come on, it takes a choice to say we will live to honor God inside of our lives because if we do this, man, God's blessing flaws all over our lives. We're not living as individuals that are like literally uh, 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 what we want to what we want. Oh, God's goodness. Oh, I didn't get what I wanted. He's not good. God's goodness. Oh, he got me. Uh. We're faithful servants of the Lord that are living intentionally towards our creator, and we see his hand of blessing all over our lives. 
If you live in a relationship here today and you're married and you want a good marriage, what is the responsibility of a good marriage? Each person making the decisions necessary to bring health, joy, and love into that relationship. It's if, if each person is intentional, if each person is living in love towards each other, if they're in submission to the mission, you will have a great marriage. The same thing would be true in your relationship with God. If, if, man, God's blessings all over it. But there's a responsibility. Same thing in your workplace. We all want the paycheck. But what's there? If you are a good employee, then we'll pay you at the end of the week. If not, you got no employment. It's all about responsibility, faithfulness towards our creator that God's blessing flows into our lives. The second thing I would say today is this. Number two, focus on your calling keeps us clear of wanting someone else's. If we're focused on our calling, it'll keep us clear of wanting somebody else's. In the world in which we live in, man, if we, if we say, God, what is my talent in here today? What have you placed in my hands? What, what, what am I doing with my time? Not, not focused on anybody else. Like who cares about anybody else when I'm talking about faithfulness? Don't get me wrong. We are called to serve, love our neighbors and love God as our, you know, love God. That's like what we're here to do. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when it comes down to what are we doing individually, the responsibility God has given us, what are we doing with our time, talent, and treasure? That's an answer everybody has to give inside of here. If we're focused on our calling, us, me, Brent Cadell, born 1983, March 18th, God put his fingerprint on my life, called me out of madness, out of brokenness, out of pain, out of uh, abuse, not by the hands of my parents, but situation I was in. He called me out, set me free. Brent Cadell. You're calling to lead and pastor. What are you called? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your talent? What are you doing with your treasure? That question right there, if you can answer that, uh, if you can answer it honestly, and you can focus in and of yourself, it'll get you focused on the right things. Because where you, where you put your attention is where the direction of your life will go. Or where, 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 you, where, where you have your focus is ultimately going to determine the direction of your life. Like you got to answer the question on, Oh, man, I, uh, I'm going to honor God. I honor God with my stuff. I honor God with my time. I honor God with my talent, what he has placed inside of my hand. If you have a focus on you, I have a focus on me, we're going to be in a place where we say, we honor you, God, with all that we are. Like it's that we don't care. Like somebody else can have whatever. They could be blessed with whatever. And we sit in a place to say their blessing is not a threat on my blessing. Their blessing is God's blessing on them. And praise God for that. And God's working in their lives and they're building the kingdom. And God's working in my life and we're building the kingdom. Rather than living in, oh, I can't believe them over there. I bet you they like lying, cheating, and stealing to get all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in this place where we start judging everybody else rather than focused on our journey. Now let's take it back to a fundamental Ten Commandments. What is saying? Exodus chapter two, uh, Exodus twenty, verse number seventeen. God's direction for His people is: get your eyes on your stuff. What is it? You must not covet your neighbor's house. Don't look over there and be like, "Man, I really wish I had that house." 
Don't look at, the, at your neighbor's wife. Don't look at the male or female servants or, or the donkeys or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Don't get your eyes on anything else other than your stuff. Be content. Paul would say, I've learned how to be content, whether I got plenty or I'm in lack. I, I've learned how to be content. If you have your eyes on you, it'll, it'll help you stay clear of wanting everybody else's. Your calling is great. God's gift in your life is great. You are unique. You are called. You are equipped. You are ready for what God has inside of your future. But you will not live according to God-given destiny in your life if you're focused on everybody else's. Faithfulness. In our lives, when we serve God wholly and completely surrender to him, man, his blessing flows down in our lives and we accomplish what he has set out for us to do. We don't get caught up in the madness. We stay focused on what God has blessed us with. You know, there's a key scripture in Exodus chapter four where where Moses is in a position where he's called to do something. Moses is a man that was called by God out of the Pharaoh's house. He lived in blessing, but was called to give that up in order to lead his people. God has a burning bush moment. In this burning bush moment, he calls them at the age of 80. Some of, many of us don't understand that. He is the age of 80 years old. I'm just telling you right now, some of you guys aren't 80 and you would not do this, okay? You're like already tired. You're like, oh Lord, I'm, I'm 40. <laughs> Ain't trying to lead nobody else, right? Moses at the age of 80 called to lead his people uh, uh, out, of, uh, out of Egypt. But in this conversation he has with God, what does he begin to do? He begins to say, God, but, 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 what I do with my girls? I got two girls, six and four. I'll ask them to do something, but, 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 but. They start saying, but. I say, we're not talking about your butt right now. <laughs> but, Dad, I said, your butt's right there on your backside, but nothing, okay? You want to know where your butt is? It's right behind you right now. You can touch it. You can feel it. It's right there. We ain't talking about butts right now. Okay, but, 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 but. We can sit here today with God and begin, but, 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 but God, but God, but God, but, 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 but God. God's like, we ain't talking about your butt right now, okay? But nothing. What is in your hand? What's in your hand? Well, what's in your hand is time, talent, and treasure. If we sit back complaining about what everybody else has and what everybody else can do and what we can't do, we will overlook the responsibility right here. And when we do that, we will offset the responsibility we have to honor God with it. It becomes everybody else's responsibility to do what we're called to do. No, God, it's you. You're called, you're equipped, you're destined for greatness. He wants you to build his kingdom. He wants you to bless the earth. He wants you to be a great employee. He wants you to be a great father and a great mother and a great leader. He wants you to rise up in a generation and proclaim his name. He wants you to honor them amongst all people. And if you do that, God, this is what's in my hand. Then he will bless. He will pour out his blessing on our lives in ways that we cannot even imagine. This is the God in which we serve that wants to bless his people immensely, immensely. So what is in our hands? You know, there's a young man inside of our church named Gabe. Gabe is a man that walked through these doors and said, you know what? I'm a man in a generation that I've gone with the generation. He was living la vida loca. He was living for all the gringos. He was living a crazy life, okay? He was out there. He was doing it, a young man. The drinking, the ladies, the whole thing. He was out living it. To what extent? I don't know. I just know he's living La Vida Loco, okay? But he's a young man that gave his life to Jesus, walked through these doors, surrendered his life to the Lord. And he said, I'm leaving that life, but I'm going to live something amongst my friends. His friends were still living it. He was roommates with them, but he walked through these doors, surrendered his life. And you'll see him. He's not here today. He's at a wedding, but he's a young man 
shows up every week. He's leading a team here. He's doing well. He's representing the Lord. He's, he's trying to reach his friends and help them know Jesus better. He's a man surrendered to the Lord saying, God, I'm going to honor you with my time, my talent, and my treasure. A young man, he's a tither. I love seeing young people be tithers. Why? Because I was too. Age 16 years old, got my $800 check. I brought $80 to the church. I say, yes, Lord, you're going to bless all $720 that I have left. I'm going to be known as an individual that honors you first. That is who I am, and that's what we do. Numbers change for Heather and I over the years, but our heart has never changed. Never, never changed. Percentages and numbers have changed, but percentages have never changed because our heart is the same. We want to honor God with our stuff. We've talked about this many times. The first year of Heather becoming a doctor, we blessed God all with that, all of that. We said what, God, what Heather felt like uh, was in her life that she wanted to honor God with all of what she made in the first year of being a doctor so God would bless the entirety of her entire career. So even when we just kept on living the same, you know, we had more, more money coming in, but we were living on the same. Why? Because we kept on taking it back and blessing God with it. Saying, God, we're gonna, this is the first fruit of her, her entire career. We've lived in sacrifice to this moment in time, and we will continue to live in sacrifice for another year because we want your blessing on the next 60 years of her career. And that's what we did as a young couple. It doesn't make sense, but that was conviction we had. And it's beautiful when you're walking with the Lord because God will ask you to do things that are crazy to others, but it honors him, and his blessing will flow all over your life. God is a God that loves us. But man, he's got specific things that he uniquely wants to do in and through us. That's nobody else's responsibility. That year, we didn't sit back and say, oh, shoot, we can take all of this and do a lot with it. We sat back and said, man, God, we're going to honor you, and you're going to do so much with it. The mindset of the enemy wants to get into the trenches when it comes to our stuff. I'll tell you today, if you want to live a life that is blessed, Man, you got to ask the questions. God, what are you calling me to do? And live from that conviction. God, what are you calling me to do? Live from that conviction. Gabe is one of them men that rose up and is rising up in a generation and honoring God completely and totally with his life. The future that he has and what God, man, God's going to bless him in, uh, immensely. He's a young man that's rising up in this church right now that God is using specifically. He will lead a generation, no doubt. God has a calling on his life. Where are you at today with the surrender to the Lord in your life, with what he has placed inside of your hand? Where are you at? Are you honoring God with what he's placed in your hands? Are you thinking through a lens on, man, what am I doing? Is your eyes on everybody else? Are you frustrated with what you don't have? Or are you happy with what you do? That's a heart check. Now, let me just get even further into the trenches right now. The last thing I'll leave you with here, number three. Keeping our heart with God makes it easy to honor him with our stuff. I'm going to get further up into the trenches. I know it's going to get a little tough for a second, so go with me on this bumpy ride. Okay, we're, we're off-roading right now. If you keep your heart with God, it makes it much easier to honor him with your stuff. The Bible would tell us where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Today, if we looked at your bank account, we'll be able to tell you where your, your heart is very quickly. Right? Some of us like, we're housing. Bam! I got a big heart right there. Some of us really like eating out. Bam! We got some food in the house in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us, you know, like the, the cars in which we drive, and there's a large portion of our, our, our bank account, you know, that little pie graft in there, you know what I'm talking about? Bam! You know, we got, we got this. The, the, the Bible, when it, when, it, when it talks about 
your treasure. It's a key area that either you are serving the God of mammon or you are serving the God of all creation. It's one or the other. He says you cannot serve both God and money or the God of money, mammon, known in that time. You can't do both. You will either give your life to one or you'll give your life to the other. It's the only place in scripture where God says that. Only place. You can't serve both is what he's saying. It's either one or the other. Now, here's the deal. When you get some moolah in your house, into your hands, what happens? Now, what you do with that is, is done according to your convictions. What do you believe you should do with that? Where your money is going today is determined by what you value, what I value. What we value will determine the decisions we make with our money. No doubt about it. It's an area of authority that we get. God, get, we have provision. Everything, every good gift comes from God. The talent we have, the opportunities we have, we work, we serve, we honor God with our time, talent, and resources, and then people compensate us for that. When they compensate us, now we have value in our hands that we say, what are we going to do with it? And today, in the Western world, many people think, how can I build my life according to the dictates of my emotion? The Western culture, bigger house, nicer car, you know, hanging out, doing this thing, dressing nice, whatever it may be. And we're going to have all these things and we're going to build our life with it. In order to do that, you have to do something that dishonors God. By most part, for the most part. You, you, you might have to take from God in order to accomplish all of that. And the enemy wants you all up in that. Don't honor God with your stuff. Keep your eyes on stuff so that you don't have your eyes on God. Get your heart wrapped up in things so your heart's not wrapped up in God. If your heart's with God, then you're going to take your stuff and you're going to honor him with it. Malachi 3.10 would say it this way. Same conversation that God is having with his people when it's, when it's this area of life. And it's the same conversation I think he would have with us today in the Western world. He would say this, Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, but you have asked, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He responds with, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offering due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open a window of heaven for you. I, I, this is the way I say it. He will open a can of blessing on us. I will open a window of heaven for you. I will pour out my blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. Now he's talking about the blessing. If you do this, the only way, place in scripture where God says, test me in this, he says, take the tithes, bring it into the storehouse. Your crops will be abundant. I'm going to bless you for I will guard them from the insects and disease. From Your grapes will not fall from the uh, vine before they are ripe. The Lord says of heaven's armies, then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. What is this? You're robbing God and you're wondering why the blessing isn't on your life. You're living on the whim of your emotions and you're not managing the money that God has placed in your hands and you're wondering why you're not blessed. And he says, well, here's the deal. Your heart's not with God, so your money is in all the wrong places. 
And if your heart's with God, this is what you need to do. Stop robbing him. You're cheating God. You're robbing God, and you are building your own thing and doing your own thing. You are taking from God to live in your own whatever. He says, stop doing that. Get your heart in the right place. Do you love God? Cool. You love God? Then take your treasure and manage it. Steward it well. Bring the tithes and the offering into the storehouse, into church where God has blessed you. And here's the deal. If you're not an owner in this house, you're not a part of our church, I'm not talking to you right now, okay? If you don't go to our church, you need to go back to your church, wherever your church is, get into that church where God has called you to be and be a good steward with what God has placed in your hands. This is God where you are called the storehouse where you are fed spiritually. Come into that place, stewarding your resources well, and give back to God. Bless God with your stuff. There is no way you can serve both God and money. Either you are serving one or the other. And if you are sitting here today, you're in the same ballpark as I am. You can't serve both. You are serving one and or the other. Here's the Western mentality. I'm going to throw a little, little illustration for you, okay? I got 10 ones and I got 520s, okay? That's $110 for those of you that struggle with math, okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. We'll just make it simple for you guys. I'm going to take 10 of my ones right here. This is what God blesses us with right here. We'll just say 100%. Praise God, whatever it may be. All of our numbers are different because here's the deal. We're all blessed. We all got different talent. We're all called to be living contentment with what God has blessed us with. If we want more, we work hard to honor God. We keep on serving him and giving faithfully. God will continue to enrich our lives and bless us and do whatever. God blesses us. But every single one of us, this is the measure of it. We'll just make it a whole number 10. God says, here's you go. Well, here we are today. We say, man, we live in our world and we need a nice house. We need to live in a nice house. We got to have plenty of room and place. We don't make very much, but we need provision. Okay, cool. Uh, two of those are going to go towards housing. Okay. Good. Well, we got to be able to tra transport from here to there, and gas prices have gone up, so, you know, we got to have the car for transportation. And then we also got to have some gas. Okay, so, that, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Praise God. Well, we need to eat. We got little changuitos and changuitas running around. We got little kids, you know. Lord Jesus, we got, we got two of those. We got to feed them. Okay, here we go. God, you know I love you. But if I'm not awake in the morning, somebody's going to get their head cut off and I'm going to lose my job, so I need my coffee in Jesus' name. I got to get one there in Jesus' name. Get my coffee at Starbucks. Now, we need to look good, right? Always new stuff coming out. We need to look good. Got to present ourselves well. Praise Jesus. Got housing expenses, so on and forth. Keep up with the house. We, we, in Jesus' name, we got to look good, and we got to have our house in order. Praise God. Here's the deal. God, you haven't called us to live in lack. We're called to, you know, we're called to live in abundance and just be blessed, you know? So, God, we're going we're gonna to live life to the fullest. You haven't called us to be the, the tail. We're that in Jesus' name. Stuff to see, things to do, people to places go. We're going we're gonna to love you, Jesus. We're just going to have the best life ever. Amen. We get to the end of the month, and this is what happens. We sit back and we say, God. You know we love you. What do we have left? All we have is left. Now, the real illustration, I don't want to offend anybody, would probably be us pulling out 10 cents and being like, this is all we have left, God. Forgive us, Lord, for mismanaging it all, but this is what we have to give. So rather than being faithful tithers, what do we become? We become tippers. We become individuals that tip God with what we have left over because we're, un, we're not intentional with what God has put in our hands. Here's the deal. The lie of the enemy, if you sit here today, the wrong mindset is, man, 
you know, I'll start, I'll, start, I'll start tithing whenever I start making more. Wrong mindset. Wrong mindset is, you know, well, this stuff is mine anyways. I don't understand why God. Wrong mindset. You, you got the wrong mindsets that can take over your life. I'll start giving when. I don't have enough. Like, oh, we'll never have enough. You got wrong mindset. But to be a tither and obedient with what God has placed in your hand, this is the mindset you got to have. God, this is all yours anyways. This is all yours. So my perspective is I want to honor you with what you've placed in my hands. And I'm going to give. Time, talent, treasure. I'm not going to give on the back end of it. I'm going to get on the front end because my heart is with God. So my treasure is with him too. I'll say today, you cannot outwork inflation. What's happened in February that you did not know and most people did not know because people in our country, our education system does not set us up for success with financials, finances. We don't know how to budget. We live on the whim of emotion. We go out, we hang out, we pay the bill at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the whatever. We get to the end of the month, we say, where's our bank account at? Well, here's the deal. Through COVID, everybody was being stimulated with finances, taken from government, given into your household. You had surplus in your bank account. I'm just, I'm just going to read the mail real quick. You had surplus in your bank account. Inflation hit back in February. You didn't even know. You were buying the groceries, buying the milk, buying the eggs. You were paying the gas prices at the pump, and you didn't even realize that more money was being taken from you than was last year. September hit and you came through the summer and you said, oh, dang, my bank account doesn't look like it used to. Little did you realize that inflation has depleted your resources. So what happened in September was everybody had a big gut check to say, well, who loses in this? Who loses is God always loses when we're not intentional with what he's placed in our hands. We will live to the, we won't change our lifestyle. We will continue to live out our lifestyle and get to the end of the month and say, this is all I have, God. Please bless me more. I need more. You will not be able to outwork inflation. I'm going to tell you right now, you have to reprioritize your life. If God matters to you, then you need to put it in your priorities. If that's a conviction you have, then you need to say, I'm going to eat out less. I can't travel as many places because gas price is way too crazy. Right? I might not be able to shop online and Amazon can't be my main thing. You know, you know. You have to change behaviors, lifestyle, in order to live in obedience towards God with the treasuries placed in your hands. You cannot get around it. And if you're a person that loves the Lord, you hear me right now. Either you will walk in obedience or you will walk in a lack of faithfulness. If you're walking in a lack of faithfulness, you're going to wonder, God, where are you at? He's going to say, I'm, uh, you've been cheating me. You've been robbing me. And you want my blessing on your life, but you haven't lived in intentionality of stewarding what I placed in your hands. You are spending your wealth everywhere else other than honoring me with it. And I know that's getting up in the grill. We're going to talk about other things. And this is week number one. It's a key area. But we can't outwork our inflation. What will have to happen is we have to reprioritize. So today, where are you at? What do you need to do? Prioritize what matters to you and change lifestyle. If not, you will rob God, wondering where his blessing is at. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this about a young woman. Luke chapter 21, verse number one, it says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the, the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Jesus would say this, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she as poor as she is, has given everything she has. 
This is what this illustration is right here. I'm going to bring the 20s in now. The Western world right here, compared to the rest of the world, this is what God has blessed us with right here. He's blessed us completely, totally, in abundance. And Jesus tells this story right here of a young widow that walked in, and this is all she had right there. That is what she's been blessed with. That is what she has. That's it. The Western world, this is what we have. And here's how the Western world is operating today. All right, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been so good. Thank you so much. I'm going to tip you there. Praise God. Got it. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. This woman gave all that she had, and she's given more than everybody else. Why? She gave all that she had. Her heart was with God. And when God said, give it all, she was willing to give it all. She may have lived with less. She may have had less. She may not have had it all. She may not have had, been able to dress however she wanted and eat wherever she wanted to go. But what she did have is a deep spiritual relationship, a deep completion with her heavenly father, where she was willing when he asked to give it all. God, I give it all. Amen. I know it's tough. The question is, is that your heart? Don't get me wrong today. I'm not, don't, I'm not up here as pastor. Give it all. No. I'm saying give what God has asked us to give. Be obedient with what God has blessed us with. If we want God's blessing, the first and hardest area is in the area of money. You know how I know? Because I could, if I went through your bank accounts... I probably could tell very, very quickly. How generous are you? Well, you know, I'm going to be generous when I hit that lotto. You know what I'm talking about? I should have hit that 1.9 billion, but that's okay. There's always excuses for why we're not living by the conviction of what God is asking. Always. And we can always be naive. Oh, I didn't know. I thought we were. I thought I was giving. You know, it's funny. Uh... Nope. Jokes aside, all the playing around, all the mismanagement, it's time to grow up and be mature believers to say, God, you've blessed me, and with that, I'm going to honor you. Cool. Now, here's the beauty. When you honor God with 10%, you get his blessing on 90. If God is asking for 10, what is he saying? Then 90 is more than enough for what you need. That is God saying that to his people. I'm asking for 10. All I need is is you to be obedient because 90% for you, you're going to be great on. It's going to bless your life. You're going to be empowered. You're going to be enriched. You're going to live with contentment. You're going to have my blessing all over your life. And it's going to make up for all the madness you might be living in right now that you think that 10% is going to cover. You'll not be able to outwork inflation. The only way you'll be able to change it to get in alignment with God's word is to change lifestyle. What is important to you and make that decision. There's a gentleman in our church named Thomas. Thomas and Marsha are two individuals that gave their life to Jesus Christ, walked through these doors broken. Thomas had a, 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 an addiction to alcohol, and with that, it was wrecking his life. He walked through these doors, changed his life. God has restored his entire family. I think it was just like four months ago that after 35 years in a strange relationship with his, his biological father, they had restoration right here. His biological father came through these doors. They came to the altar. They prayed together, and God restored 35 years of dysfunction. 
but it all started with the changed life. Thomas is a young man inside of here. He's leading the table. Young, uh, men are coming into his table, and he's spiritually encouraging them. He's on the phone with, uh, with men, just encouraging them on the journey of life, brokenness, pain, whatever it may be. Thomas is in the trenches with people. Leading team here that serve, you know, uh, he, he's leading a table out on uh, Monday through Saturday. I mean, it's amazing what Thomas and Marsha are doing inside of our church. They're, I mean, just incredible. A surrendered life to the Lord. But here's the deal. Thomas is the, the leader of his business. He leads an entire business here in San Antonio of insurance. And I'll tell you, he's in rooms with big money people, but he's a life surrendered to the Lord where he's leading people outside of that atmosphere and he's leading really well inside of that atmosphere. He's a man that says, God, all I have is yours. I remember when we first came up with that, he said, Pastor, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cash this out. I'm going I'm to give this. And I'm, I'm sitting back just like, my God. Right after we, we made this, this announcement three weeks ago, this is what we're short. We're raising more money. He came and was like, Pastor, I'm going to give this. I, like, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything. Put it on a card, the commitment card, and we'll all do it at the same time. I don't want to know. Because I'll tell you, at this point as a pastor, all this money is way too much. All of it. People are giving crazy amount of money that I mean when I stepped into this it was not about this I'm here for people rescuing people from the gates of hell that will not prevail against the mission of the church that's what I'm here for but unfortunately in order to do something you got to deal with these numbers and it's a part of the journey and I don't like it but we do it and then people do all kinds of crazy things this is like my god the sacrifice is unbelievable but he's a man that surrendered to the Lord, saying, I'm going to give. Wherever you're at on your journey, whatever you're, you're called to do, I'll just tell you today, the main thing I want to get across to you is you want God's blessing, surrender your life to the Lord, and live faithful towards him. You'll see it show up all over your life. His, faith, his blessing will be too much. I'll tell you, you'll, be, you'll slap your mama a couple times just saying, like, God is so good, right? My God is so good, right? Not literally, you know what I'm saying. Please don't, literally. You can slap your neighbor, not your mama, okay? But God is so good to us. Live surrender to him.